Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. Let's talk about this thing called quiet quitting. It's not really new. It's been around a long time, but we used to call it different things. Disengagement, not doing your fair share, and a variety of other terms that we use. The fact that this has become such a buzz phrase recently shows that our world is waking up to some hard realities related to the workplace. In practice, quiet quitting is doing the least possible just to get by. Here are some questions to think about. Did quiet quitting start when the pandemic started? Is quiet quitting a result of massive increases in remote workers? Has the pace of change reached such a point where people just cannot adapt anymore so they're checking out? Or is quiet quitting a result of poor leadership? These are valid questions. Before we start to answer those questions, the cost of quiet quitting in the United States alone is about $500 billion, with a B, dollars a year. Can you imagine what you could do if you could reclaim just a little bit of that $500 billion? For a moment, I want you to think about a time when you quit something. What was it? Why did you quit? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? Let me share a personal story with you about something that I quit and the reasons behind that. For me, when I was in high school, I played on the high school golf team. Absolutely loved it. Love the people I played with, love the team, love the whole concept, love the game, or had a real passion for it. I actually thought at one point I may go into golf as a career, as a club professional, or just for fun. You know, who knows, right? Here's the problem when I got to college, the pressures ramped up and I started to lose my love and my passion for the game. Because things like politics on the teams, things like having to win every single time and the pressure that came with that, and frankly, just a lack of good leadership really started to diminish my love for the game and my passion for the game. I eventually quit golf for 10 years, for an entire decade. Now, there's a good ending to the story I now play every week with a group of friends that I really enjoy. I've really reconnected with the game. But the reason that I quit was because it wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't satisfying. It wasn't enjoyable. And I don't mean that to say everything has to be fun. But everything should be fulfilling and satisfying even when we have to work hard at it. There needs to be some return on investment 
for what we invest in something. And when that return on investment diminishes, it's really hard to hold motivation, passion, and energy for that thing. Here's a lesson that I learned from this. No matter how passionate you are about something, that passion and energy can diminish if it's not protected. What do I mean by protecting our passion and our energy? There are some key elements to protecting and really even enhancing the focus and energy you have or the people you work with have for a specific effort. Number one, leadership matters. First, you have to lead yourself well. Don't allow external forces to steal your passion. If you're a leader of others in the workplace, practice empathy at a higher levels. Make sure that you display passion and energy for the effort. Lead by example. Number two, build your internal resources so that you have the motivation and the energy that you need. Number three, eliminate the distractions and the sources of frustrations as much as possible. And number four, emotional state of mind. This is huge. Emotional drivers are behind every decision, every action, every behavior. Reflect on what emotional drivers are present for you or for someone else who may be in that quiet quitting mode. When you do that, you can start to get insight into why someone is moving away from engagement and moving more toward quiet quitting. Our brains work in a very specific way. We have a thought. Our brain immediately attaches meaning to that thought. And then emotions are generated. These emotional drivers then influence our decisions, our behavior, and our actions. Why is that important? Because what comes out of this process is our self-talk. Self-talk is a very powerful force in our lives. Think of it this way. If you or someone you know gets up in the morning and this is their self-talk, I hate this job. I'm only going to do it because of the paycheck. Every morning is a chore to get up and do the same stuff all over again. How do you think that self-talk is going to impact energy and focus for the job? Contrast that with, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. What I do makes a difference. I have a real positive impact on everyone around me. Obviously, this is much more positive, but more importantly, it's also much more productive. Now, those may be two extremes, but I think you can see what I'm talking about, why this self-talk, the way that our brains work and the self-talk that comes out of that really has a huge impact on our motivation and our energy. 
back to the quiet quitting thing for a minute. Why are we seeing such an increase in people checking out, doing the least possible to get by? The obvious answer is they're not engaged. I know I'm Captain Obvious when I say that, but, but it's true. What's important is to identify why they're not engaged. Why are they checking out? Why are they quiet quitting? What is the root cause behind this disengagement? Well, to find that out, we really have to look behind the mask. And what I mean by that, behind the mask, is the things that we cannot easily see in someone else. Uh, Is there data that will help us better identify the factors that are driving someone into this quiet quitting mode? Yes, there really is. And let's look at some of the data. These are some key things to focus in on. Just think about coworkers. Think about yourself. Think about people you know. These are true facts. Emotional distress has increased 300% in the last couple of years. That's a study done by six seconds. Unhappiness has increased drastically around the world. Brand new book by Gallup called Blind Spot. The Global Rise of Unhappiness. In the United States, 66% of people identify as being lonely. That's two-thirds of the population. And again, that's a mental health study that came out recently. In Gallup's State of the Global Workplace 2022 survey, 50% of workers in the United States experience a lot of stress every day. The competency, the ability to navigate emotions, the scores have dropped drastically to all-time lows just in the last year or two. Let me add some of my observations. Again, we're building context around what's going on with people and why we're seeing these kinds of drop-offs in engagement, and why we're seeing this rise in quiet quitting. COVID has introduced a new level of uncertainty and anxiety into our lives. Almost everyone we know has been impacted in some fashion by COVID. The move to more remote work has been a plus in many ways, but has brought unexpected challenges Daily conversations that used to happen around the office have basically disappeared. Collaboration, risk tolerance, and innovation have taken the greatest negative hits. Those three things are critical to success, to engagement. No wonder we're seeing more and more people move into a quiet quitting mode. Worker shortages have increased the demand on employees and leaders. Important initiatives like hiring, onboarding, training, planning, and teamwork have become more difficult. And then we have the economy, politics, the pace of change that have all added to the complexity 
of the world that we live and work in. That is what we are competing with in an effort to reduce quiet quitting. That's a lot of competition. So what's the solution? For me to say there's an easy answer to all of this would be ridiculous. But there are proven ways to move the trend away from quiet quitting to more engaged and more energized individuals, teams, and organizations. It starts with assessing what's working, what's not working, and really defining what does good look like moving forward. Quiet quitting is primarily driven by emotional drivers generated by the way a person sees their circumstances. People live in their perceptions. Their perception is their reality. This is then reinforced every day as they live their life. To change their level of engagement and move them away from quiet quitting, their perception and the emotions generated in them must change. But how does that happen? Here are three key things you can do to overcome the quiet quitting challenge. And whether it's for you or whether it's for someone else, if you're a leader of a team, if you're a leader of an organization, these will work if you put the time and energy into them. First one, connection. One of the primary drivers of quiet quitting is people feeling disconnected. This is more than just communication. It is engaging people at higher levels by including them in important efforts, giving them a clear understanding of their impact, genuinely connecting with them, and creating ways teams can connect with each other introducing elements of fun and enjoyment into the work. If you're in a hybrid or remote team environment, ramp up the connection time with people. Don't allow it to go by the wayside. The old walk by and have a conversation as I'm passing your office doesn't happen with remote work. So we've got to do something to offset that loss. People have a natural need for community. And that's not to be confused with sociability. This isn't about getting together and having fun and having a party. What I'm talking about is a community of people that are sharing values, sharing a purpose, sharing an effort. We're built for that. People want to feel a part of something bigger than themselves to be able to invest themselves in their work and then see the return on that investment. Trust building. Number two is trust building. It is more important than ever to build trust. With all the changes listed above, it is more difficult than ever to build trust, but it is one of the most important success factors. When people trust either another person or they trust in the value of the effort, they will naturally engage and invest themselves at higher levels. How do you build trust? 
be credible, be reliable, and connect well with others. Those three things. This is a proven method for trust building. And the third key thing you can do to overcome this quiet quitting trend or challenge, invest in people. It is a fact that organizations that invest in their people beyond compensation and benefits have greater engagement and greater success. Specifically, invest in equipping and growing people. This is not a half-day workshop once a year or some required in-house training. This is about creating a culture of growth and development. There's a wonderful book called An Everyone Culture, Becoming a Deliberately Developmental Organization by Keegan and Leahy. That book talks about making a part of your culture, deliberately developing people continuously. People are the most impactful asset any organization has, plus the fact that treating people with respect is simply the right thing to do. Does your organization invest in their people's future, or do they simply use people as a means to get something done? Actually, this is just common sense. If you want to avoid quiet quitting, then invest more in your people. If you find yourself too busy to do that, you're already on the road to decline and to trouble. I want to finish this episode with a story, and it's a true story. It's not a happy story, but it's a story that I think points out where quiet quitting can lead to. Burnout is real and can have devastating consequences. One of my clients experienced this not long ago with one of their senior leaders. In hindsight, the signs of burnout were there for the senior leader, but in the busyness, it was missed or it was ignored. The outcomes were very, very serious. The individual stole money from the company, became addicted to drugs, lost their job, and lost most of their relationships. Just about the most serious outcomes you can imagine. What does this have to do with quiet quitting? Quiet quitting could very well be the entry point to burnout and everything that comes with that. None of us want to see someone we know go down that path. And that includes ourselves. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, 
and of course our website, eqfit.org.